Hello to all you Eagles fans out there. This is episode 43 of the Missing Link Podcast. Your connection to the Eagles through the eyes of a fan. over that absolutely crushing loss to the 49ers at home, and we're going to preview the Dallas Cowboys. I think I speak for all of us when I say we did not see that one coming. Now, are the Niners really good? Absolutely. Did I think that they would blow us out at home? Hell no. (laughs) I did not fly to Philly thinking that I was going to witness a beatdown like that. But hey, you know, at the end of the day, got an opportunity to be at the link with all the fans. Home crowd was awesome. Pre-game was fantastic. I was lucky enough to catch up with some friends. Shout out to Megan and Andy and Nolan for hosting us. People like Tom and Nina and Ian for coming out and tailgating and going to Xfinity Live and watching some of the early games. It was a really great time with great friends, but let's get into it. So first couple of drives, we got to the red zone and walking away with field goals in those moments hurt. I could tell, especially after that second drive, that it would have been really nice to get a touchdown in one of those spots. You just can't walk away with field goals there against a team like this. You know they're going to score touchdowns. And the crowd was really hype. I mean, we were really into the game, screaming on every single down while we were on defense. It really rattled the Niners on those first two opening drives. Purdy couldn't find an open receiver. Took some sacks, incomplete passes. They just looked a little out of sorts. And you think, okay, well, maybe the Eagles just have their number today. It seems like crowds into it. Eagles are playing strong. We got two field goals up six. But then the Niners progressively just scored touchdown after touchdown after touchdown after touchdown. <laughs> it just did not stop. And the Eagles offense, I think, holds a lot of blame here. It really comes down to just not executing there in the beginning. And I think the game just got away from them in a hurry. There was a big lull after those first two field goals to open up the game where it just, the Eagles couldn't get anything going. There were sacks. Hertz was just not doing a great job. Like he would drop back, right? And we talked about this up in the stands, but he would take a five-step drop, three-step drop. So it didn't matter. He would stick it on his back foot. He wouldn't release the ball. Football plays are designed, five-step drop, throw to X. Five-step drop, one, two, three, read. That's not what was going on out there. It was one, two, three, look at it, look at it, scramble. And there's been some cut-ups after the game and some open receivers. You can always play that armchair quarterback crap. It's not really what it's about. Hertz just did not have his best day, whether it was the pass rush, whether he was tired, whether the offensive line did not have a very strong game, which they didn't. They weren't moving a lot of people in the run game. I think we turned way more into the passing team that the Niners probably wanted us to be because when you have that running element between quarterback and running back and the offensive line taking it to the defensive line, those first two drives, we were moving the ball, right? And a lot had to do with us getting a drive on offense and a drive on defense up front with those big boys. That just went away in the second, third, and fourth quarters. We dominated that first quarter against the Niners and had six points to show for it. They dominated the second quarter and had 14 points to show for it. And that's a huge difference. Touchdowns versus field goals, they scored touchdowns and we didn't. And that put us behind the eight ball. Now, going into halftime, there were some boos that came raining down. And look, they deserved it. I don't care. The best part about being an Eagles fan, right, is that when our team sucks dick, we let them know. That's just how it goes. We don't hold our hand. Oh, it's okay. No. You're down six, or at that point, you're down eight. Going into halftime, you had not played a great second quarter. They were not showing up, and we had to let them know going in the locker room. So come out, and I think I thought, as most people would, okay, we've been a great second half team. Let's come out of this thing, and let's do what we've been doing. We've been down 10 week after week. Beat the Chiefs at home, at their house. Beat the Bills in overtime. We can do this. 
And I just think it caught up to us. I, I think we played so many great teams in the past couple of weeks. And this is our third game in two weeks. All right, third game in 14 days. This is the Niners' first game in 10 days. So we're playing all these great teams, getting beat up. Now, look, they, the guys can say whatever they want. They were tired. You could tell by the end of the game. It was just outmatched physically, maybe outmatched mentally, definitely with coaching. It was not a fun thing to witness. I mean, it's just the body language and the tiredness. And you could just see after that first quarter again, like once they scored, scored touchdowns. And, you know, the embarrassing thing about this defensive performance is, I mean, they've been kind of flirting with this all year. They haven't been exactly juggernaut on defense, giving up a lot of third down passes, long third down passes. But to, to look at this, I mean, look, those first two drives, the Niners had six plays, negative six yards, punt, punt. Then they went on 11 play, 85 yard touchdown drive, then a 10 yard, 90 yard touchdown drive. Touchdown, 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 touchdown. Six touchdowns in a row, then ran the game out, ended the game with the ball. Embarrassing. An embarrassing defensive performance. So how do we look at this? I mean, do you just throw it in the trash and call it, okay, like this is just a game that we didn't have? I don't know. I mean, there have been plenty of games and plenty of Super Bowl winners, by the way, who get blown out by teams throughout the year. You think about Brady, the year they won Super Bowl, they got blown out twice by the Saints, I believe. There are other teams, by the way, like the Niners lost three straight earlier this year. I didn't see a lot of doom and gloom after that. Yeah, they're missing left tackle. Yeah, they're missing whatever. But three in a row, though, we take one loss to probably the second best team in the NFL, if you consider us the first, and we're supposed to just lay down and act like, you know, this means something. I mean, look, it's the end of a long stretch. You know, we're about to play the Cowboys and they're coming off a 10 day rest, too. It's just it's an unfair stretch. It's been it's been tough. And the fact that we're three and one coming into this beat the Cowboys beat the Chiefs, beat the Bills, and you lose to the Niners. No shame in that. I think that's totally fine. The issue comes in is how are we going to approach this next game? The Niners, great team. I'm looking forward to seeing them again in January. I think that if we had enough rest, two teams at full strength, our linebacking core was decimated. Morrow gave up like nine catches for 140 yards to the running back and for McCaffrey, who played a great game. The wide receivers played a great game. Debo Samuel backed up his trash talk. He was calling our secondary trash. And look, if you're going to call us trash and then score three touchdowns and basically go untouched on half of them, you're backing up your talk. I just think it was the perfect storm. This is about the it would be incredible if we would have won that game. And then going into the Cowboys game with it basically meaning nothing. I mean, going four and oh in that stretch, not realistic. And I mean, beating the Chiefs at home, beating the Bills, it's an impressive stretch of football. And I think they just ran out of juice. Now, Hurts didn't have a great game. The offensive line didn't have a great game. I hope we can take this and use this just like with the Jets and really use it as fuel for this Cowboys team that's, that we're going to. And, you know, they've been playing fantastic at home. So we'll, we'll talk about them in a little bit. But just some stats just to go through. Purdy threw for 300 yards, four touchdowns. Look, I watched that thing from end to end, live, in color. Purdy's not impressive. He puts the ball on receivers. Half of his throws that went for touchdowns were slants, screens. We just couldn't freaking tackle. Now, you were blowing coverages, and even when the pass rush did get there, which you know they were pretty much invisible in that second quarter or beyond, Slay's giving up things in front of him. Bradbury actually wasn't targeted at all, which is interesting. Safety's missing tackles in the hole. It just was not a good performance all the way around. And you can blame fatigue. I mean, but fundamentals also have, a, have to have a play with it. You got to tackle people. And they got great players that if you don't tackle them, they're going the distance. McCaffrey had 17 carries, 93 yards. Debo had four catches, 116, two tutties. It's tough, man. It's tough to go through and look at. For the Eagles, we had 48 passes and 18 runs. That's not going to do it. You can't throw 50 times. That's just not the team that we are. Hertz's numbers look okay. 298 yards with a touchdown, no interceptions. 
took a couple of sacks. He got cute on the one uh, in the second drive, I believe, when he was pointing in the back of the end zone and was just kind of waiting for it to happen. And then he fell down. Just throw the ball, dude. Throw it away. Yeah, but again, it wasn't his best day. It wasn't really uh, seeing the field too clearly out there. And again, it's more about being on rhythm, you know, drop back, pass, hit the target, A read, B read, go. Hertz was the leading rusher with seven carries for 20 yards. DeAndre Swift only got six carries, which is atrocious. And again, this game was only eight points going into halftime. There definitely should have been more runs. Gainwell at two yard. We only had 18 runs. I mean, it's just not a lot. A.J. Brown came to play. So did Devonta Smith. A.J. had eight catches, 114 yards. Smith had nine catches, 96 yards with a touchdown. They're a great tandem. It's just we couldn't really keep up and score touchdowns when it mattered. And so uh, the way I'm going to look at this is I definitely would prefer that we're in this situation where they came to our house and beat us. And actually, you know, the spanking we received, I think, is better than losing a close game. So players have some pride. Obviously, they're not going to let that occur again. I'd like to see them try to beat us twice in Philly. They're still going to be the two seed. I mean, they're a great team. They just they crush the Cowboys, right? So they're going to end up being the second seed, come back to the link, and you're going to beat them again? I'd rather give this one up in the regular season. You lose this game, and you go from the one seed to the one seed. Oh, my God. The travesty. The way the media is talking about the Eagles this week, you'd think we've dropped to the fifth seed. I mean, we're still the number one seed. We beat the Cowboys this week. We control our destiny. And even if we lose to the Cowboys this week, we still control our destiny, essentially. I mean, it is... Not doom and gloom. We have plenty to be proud of. And winning that Chiefs game, by the way, and going the stretch of 10-1 and before we lost, huge. Huge for the playoffs. A lot of the haze in the barn. This was going to be a tough game either way. Even at full strength, even with rest, both teams being equal, going to be a tough matchup. I'll see you, San Francisco, in January, and I think it'll be a completely different story. Diving into the Cowboys, they've been playing great. They've had a, I think it's a 14-game, maybe 17-game win streak at home. They've been crushing... Bad teams. They haven't won against a team that has a winning record yet this year. Seattle was the closest last week. They dropped from six and five to six and six. So technically, after they beat Seattle, you know, they're still not a winning team. But Seattle's a great team. I mean, Seattle, we're going to be playing them, and I would definitely be worried about that game as well. They play with a lot of intensity. So they gave up 35 points to Seattle, who had been traditionally struggling that vaunted Cowboys defense. And if you think about the first game in Philly, yeah, it came down to the last second because we gave up pass interference calls, roughing the passer. The defense just did not close it out. But we were up two scores there at the end of the game. We were really well on our way to cruising. So I think that with this loss and with this refocus and some of these things about questioning our toughness, I would like to see the Eagles come in. I mean, last year with Gardner Minshew, we almost beat them in their house. Jalen Hurts finally able to play in Dallas. I think it's going to be a pretty good game, but I would feel pretty good as a fan. I mean, at the end of the day, I don't trust the Cowboys down the stretch. This is how the the schedule... So, by the way, this is how it's going to work. The tiebreakers for the playoffs, right? First is record. So, if we lose to the Cowboys, which, again, I don't think we will. Lose to the Cowboys, we're both 10-3. and Okay. The next tiebreaker is divisional games. So, we would have one loss. They would have one loss because we beat them in Philly. We have to beat the Giants twice. Not a great team. They have to play the Commanders one more time. It's going to be pretty much a tie there as long as we beat the Giants twice. We're golden. Now, after that, it comes down to similar opponents. And this is where there's a huge advantage. So they lost to the Cardinals earlier this year. Embarrassing loss at that point. But it's really going to come back to bite them now. Because if we went out after the Cowboys game, and let's say they went out, which isn't going to be an easy feat, we would still win that tiebreaker. Because we beat the Cardinals and they didn't, which is hilarious. So here's the remaining schedule for the Eagles. We have the Cowboys, of course. Then at the Seahawks, we have to win that game. I think that's the the worst game remaining. Giants, Cardinals, 
Giants. So home against the Giants, home Cardinals at Giants. We're in a good spot. We beat the Cowboys. We essentially are guaranteed the one seed. Because if you look at the Cowboys schedule for the rainy, they have to play us. Then they're at the Bills, at the Dolphins, against the Lions at home, and then the Commanders, which obviously they played us pretty tough. So let's say they beat us. You still got to go to the Bills. You still got to go to the Dolphins back-to-back weeks. Are they going to win both of those games? I don't think so. Again, grand scheme of things, this stretch that we just played, beating the Chiefs, beating the Bills, huge. Beating the Cowboys at home, huge. Cowboys have a lot to do here. They have to really go on a run for the next three weeks, four weeks, really, and win all these games. Eagles can afford a misstep here or there, and that's where that early season really helps. Let's just talk about the Cowboys. Dak Prescott, MVP candidate in some people's eyes, throwing the ball over the yard, beating up on these tiny teams. You saw it during the Eagles game. He gave up that two-point conversion by stepping out of bounds like a doofus. They threw a pass short of the goal line where his tight end's knee hit down. He's just not clutch. All right. He doesn't have that gene in him. He's eight years into his career. He's a good player, but he's not the kind of guy who elevates his teammates and takes him to the promised land. I, I'm sorry. I, we're never going to see Dak Prescott holding a Lombardi trophy. I can promise you that. All right. So he's not that guy. Regular season guy. Good enough. Great in some cases. Plays really well. Not convincing to me. Now, our secondary is not great. Hasn't been playing very well. I just don't see a way that he can beat us coming up here. And especially even if he does beat us, I don't see how he's going on a streak where he's beating the Bills, Dolphins, and Lions back to back to back. The other offensive player to worry about is C.D. Lamb. He's been playing fantastic. The thing that makes him pretty dangerous is he's in the slot. He could be on the outside. And our slot cornerback position, oh my God, since we lost Maddox, has just been a turnstile, been terrible. Roby has played okay like in, in certain cases. But remember, Roby almost gave up that touchdown to the Chiefs, right? That would have sent the game. Um, we all lost that game had they caught that ball. So you know, he's got his weaknesses. Outside corners are, are looking pretty slow lately. But again, that may be a fatigue thing. I hope that they put Slay on CD the entire game, whether he's in the slot or otherwise. I think moving him around, taking him out, doubling him, making him, making other people beat us. Brandon Cooks, who's a, been a well-traveled receiver. He's been a thousand-yard receiver in a lot of different places. He keeps finding himself in different teams in different years. So I think that kind of speaks to maybe he wears out his welcome pretty quickly. But he's been playing really well lately. Dak's been finding him. Offensive line has its strengths, definitely on the left side. And, you know, Tony Pollard is pretty quick if you give him a hole. On defense, you always have to worry about Micah Parsons, a top three defensive player in the NFL. We've traditionally handled him pretty well. Lane Johnson especially has really kind of taught him a few things. Our offensive line, I think, will have a great bounce back week. It's really hard to see him playing bad twice in a row, but, you know, we'll see. You know, Stalin and those boys, I, I can't see that happening again. And then you have Deron Bland on the outside with Stefan Gilmore. Bland's been the guy who, he got torched last week, by the way. DK Lekhoff absolutely took him to school for a half. He ended up getting an interception at the end of the game. He's a big play guy. He's kind of like the heart and soul. Like, he gets an interception, they're all excited. So we got to avoid that, but he can definitely be picked on. I mean, Devonta had a touchdown on him, the long one in the Cowboys game earlier this year down the left sideline. So he definitely can be picked on. It's just a matter of making sure that we don't give him the opportunity to have that turnover, which could really create that momentum. So again, I think we're going to come out running the ball. They're not a great run defense team. They gave up a lot to the Seahawks, and the Seahawks didn't have their best running back. They had their backup running back, who's a rook. I think we can run the ball on this team. Jalen Hurts is not going to play two bad games in a row. The offensive line is not going to play two bad games in a row. We're going to score touchdowns against this team. Are we going to be able to keep them out of the end zone? Probably not. Can we stay ahead of them into this game and really take it down to the wire and hopefully hold on? I sure hope not. I hope it's like a 14, 10-point lead at the end there. 
And then we kind of give up that last touchdown at the end. But it's going to come down to this offense. I know. Like, no team in the NFL is good on both sides of the ball. The Niners are pretty close. And we've been pretty close at times. But we're an offensive-driven team. We're scoring touchdowns. We can great pass rush that can get to the quarterback, cause things to happen. If we're playing with a lead, I think that's really where we're at our best. Trading blow for blow, playing from behind. We've proven we can play from behind, and that's fine. But I'm sick of these first half starts. I am tired of this. I am sick of the 10-point deficits going into half. Can we just play a fucking great first quarter, second quarter? Can we score some touchdowns? Can we get excited? Can we start feeling good about ourselves way before the third quarter hits? I think this is the week, man. I mean, you just got embarrassed on national television. People are talking shit. People are saying you're pretenders, that Jalen Hurts can't read a defense, like all this dumb shit. All right. It's time. Buckle up, guys. Come out to play. Kick the Cowboys' asses. Put a stamp on this. Get that number one seed. Because I got to tell you, whoever gets that number one seed is going to the Super Bowl in the NFC. It's too important. You get a buy, you get to heal up, you get to rest, you get to prepare, and you get to play at home. And it's such an advantage. And we have done so much this year to build towards this. We have room for error. Now, you beat the Cowboys, you are golden. You know, you got that one seed. Two seed at worst, but most likely that one seed because the way we end our season is pretty soft with that Giants-Cardinals-Giants. This is it, man. The Cowboys need this, right? They absolutely need it. We can definitely get away with it if we lose, but it would be much better if we won. So I'm going to call it Eagles 31, Cowboys 21. Yeah. I think that we're going to come out swinging. I think we're going to show how tough we are. And I think Hertz is going to really show off his legs in this game because he needs to. It's just too important. And he's been hurt. There's enough knee bruise, all those kinds of things. I think it's time to implement some more runs into the game plan, push that defensive line of the Cowboys around, and win a freaking game. Season far from over, not doom and gloom. We are in the driver's seat. Every other team in the NFL wishes they were us. See you Sunday. Fly, Eagles, fly. Thank you so much for listening to this edition of the Missing Link Podcast. You can please rate, review, and subscribe. The platform that you're listening to this on would be greatly appreciated. Go Birds!